Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have an NWSL quarterfinal recap for everyone. So much good stuff to get into here. We cannot wait to get in between the lines. A quick reminder, though. To follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Also, you can head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe so that you never miss a new video, interview, or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights. So head on over to youtube.com slash Attacking Third so you don't miss a single thing. Lisa, how are you doing today? Sandra, I'm good. We're, we're through with the quarterfinals, moving on in the NWSL playoffs. Um, I love the playoff energy that we already have after this first weekend. It's exciting. It's good to be here. You got to go to a home match. I got to watch some really good soccer on, online and on TV. So I am, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good week ahead. I foresee. I foresee a really good week. Good vibes only, right? We manifest it and a good week will come. How are you? How was your weekend? I'm in agreement with you. Manifested it will come. Uh, I, I had a great weekend. You know, parts of it I spent with you virtually as we were like preparing for all of this, th- this great NWSL playoff stuff, uh, having the interviews, writing all the stuff that we write over on .com and uh, pushing all of that good coverage out for everyone to, to stay informed and stay into. Uh, and it was nice that this playoff game that I did get the opportunity to cover locally had good weather. Like, oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a 60 degree, uh, 60 degree day in the Midwest? I know I'm a big fan of that. And so the sun like shining, it. you could see it all over the pitch at, at SeatGeek. It was really pretty, a sunny day there in Chicago. No sunburn, right? No, no, not not this time. <laughs> uh, we were in the shady, shady part. Uh, but it was it was it was delightful. And I can't wait for us to uh to really get into to the nuts and bolts of it all and chat about all of these quarterfinals that took place. But first, a playoff plug. The playoffs are going to continue. We've got the semifinal round that will continue on Sunday. It is official. Oil Rain will be facing off against Washington Spirit. It's going to be number two versus number three at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then it is Portland Thorns FC versus Chicago Red Stars. It's number one versus number four. Both of these matches you're going to be able to watch on CBS Sports Network. It's going to be exciting stuff. And obviously the winners of the semifinals will head on over to the NWSL Championship, which is going to be on November 20th at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky at 12 noon Eastern. That will air on big network CBS internationally. 
for Twitch. And you can get your tickets at nwslsoccer.com slash championship. But how did they get there, Lisa? Let's talk about that first. We've got to recap and put to rest the quarterfinal matches that took place just this weekend, the first year ever for quarterfinal action in NWSL's history. This was the first year where six teams advanced into the NWSL playoff format. And it was Chicago Red Stars versus Gotham FC, number four versus the number five C to kick things off in terms of NWSL quarterfinal action. Chicago won this one, Lisa. Narrow match, 1-0. The game winner coming from Mallory Pugh. Final career match for Carly Lloyd of Gotham FC. And a lot of things taking place in between the match. And I don't know if there were certain stretches of it where we thought, Maybe there's not enough happening, quite yeah. frankly, at this moment. I don't think that's unfair to say. We On the preview, Lisa, we talked a little bit about that. We talked a little about uh, how there were perhaps some, some similar threads, right, between these two teams in terms of taking a look at the individual matchups, at individual performances, and how certain sides can kind of mirror each other. Mm-hmm. So while Gotham having a really savvy attacking duo and if Manu, Margaret purse. And on the other side of that, we're like, Hey, like Chicago Red Stars for Mallory Pugh and Kalia Watt, they're kind of clicking heading on into the, these playoffs uh, and talking about experienced midfields, right. You know, having somebody like an Ali long or McCall Zerboni, Carly Lloyd for, for Gotham. And on the other side for Chicago, Sarah Waldmo, Morgan Gatraha of Vanessa DiBernardo. So we just sort of kept going down the line. There was just like, gosh, this can be really, really, really narrow. And turns out, Lisa, we were correct. <laughs> it was a 1-0 scoreline. Why don't you remind our awesome listeners who we had picked and how things shook out? So I had picked Gotham going into this one. And you, Sandra, you were the homer. You picked Chicago to win. So you win this one. Um, but uh, we we went back and forth on this. We didn't um, expect high scoring <laughs> numbers. We even predicted maybe even going into overtime for this one, which it did not happen. It it ends in regulation play. But um, it's, it's so interesting to say that you had a boring match because there can be 0-0 games where – it is incredibly boring if both teams are playing the same way and it's really a chess match and it's really the game is being played between the ears. So it's really a head game between two teams, but there can also be zero zero matches where it is so exciting. There's so much happening. You can see the game unfolding. You can see teams trying to pick apart the puzzle of their opponents. Um, so this was one nil and it didn't have too much excitement. It was a little bit boring because both Chicago and Gotham play very similar styles where it's keep possession of the ball. They have speed up top, but it's picking and choosing when they're going to take that speed and, and go forward with it. And really, this game was played between between the ears. It, it was a head game between these two sides. Um and that's what it came down to. We we said goodbye to Carly Lloyd for the final time, which is uh, a, a note that we need to to hit on because I don't think that's really how she wanted to go out. I mean, it can't be because I don't think she had the best game of her career. And your last game is never going to be your, your best game because it's your last game. So there's a lot going into that. And also you're playing for a, a playoff position and to continue moving forward. But just really, I didn't see much from Carly Lloyd in, in this match that I wanted to see that you would expect from a veteran. Um, I think that... If Yomanu had a fantastic game 
in the moments that we saw her in bursts and in spurts. She found the holes between Tierna Davidson and Sarah Gordon, and she could pick off those those passes and sit in those pockets between the lines and, and play really good soccer. But ultimately the game opened up for Chicago towards the second half and the second half, it was a bit different for Chicago and, and you can dive into this a little bit more, but I think it was around the hour mark for Mallory Pugh when, when this goal came for the red stars and it was beautifully done. Waldmo getting the assist driving towards the defender in the center of the field and then dishing the ball out wide to Pugh who just sets it up beautifully on her right foot, finding the side netting and, and really a good goal from Pew and I think really well-deserved from Mallory Pew. I mean, Sandra, you being there, how, what were the vibes in the stadium? What did you see from both Gotham and Chicago in, in this first match of the playoffs? Well, I guess I set the scene a little bit, like to start yeah. things off, the, the vibe was really good. Uh, you know, I think this was a, a fan base that wasn't sure that, you know, whether or not they were going to get it to see another home game for this team mm-hmm. uh, in 2021. And then the Chicago Red Stars went and did what they did and, and locked one up. Um, so there was an opportunity to kind of, I guess, show up and show out. And, and they did it. They ended up, I think the, the attendance that was announced was a little over 7,000. So that was uh, exciting. And they had all, all of the lower bowl kind of kind of open so i love that on both sides of the other pitch so so the scenes were were really really um really nice you know like i said it was a a beautiful (laughs) an oddly beautiful 60 degree day in 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 november (laughs) uh in bridgeview illinois so that that was nice that um these two teams got to have nice weather nice sunshine on them you know for for this game so the actual the energy and the vibe there was was really good in terms of on the pitch, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm I'm hearing everything that you're saying about sort of taking that the the Gotham angle of it and kind of taking a look at them and 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 what they were bringing or what they were not um, in, in this match. And and I I echo all of those sentiments a hundred percent because there were moments in this game, particularly in that first half, where it just definitely felt like no one was really taking control of it. Yeah, uh, there were moments where it just sort of looked like uh, there, there was you could tell players were just kind of getting touches on on, on on the ball to just for the sake of getting touches. A lot of disjointedness, you know, kind of kind of happening uh, to, to sort of start things out, um, which maybe like if you're looking at the middle thirds of this pitch that you don't uh, you wouldn't have assumed that that would have been the case with all of the experience on, on both sides of the ball. Right. But, but it was uh, very early on the, the, the shot, the total shot uh, scenario kind of going into second half was, wasn't something to be impressed by. I think Gotham barely out uh, edged out Chicago there. It was like four total shots to three for the first half. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they won all of the, the possession, which I think it was almost like 60, 40 right around there in favor of Gotham. But you know, you have all that and there's nothing to, to show for it, but there was part of sort of, like I said, the, the disjointed, maybe it was a bit of playoff nerves, you know, it's like the first one and you yeah. just sort of, and you're sort of just sort of getting your, your, your feet under you in terms of, of getting your legs to feel for the pitch and, and, and for the ground in front of you. Um, but it was a little bit ironic. I thought sort of watching uh, this playoff game between these two sides. And again, yeah, one of those storylines that people kept not, you know, continuously talking about leading up to it was Carly Lloyd in her last match and Carly Lloyd in her last match and and didn't really see a lot about the fact that she was going to Bridgeview and ironically enough that this was where she kind of got 
the early beginnings of her pro career, you know, when yeah. she played in the WPS days in Bridgeview, Illinois with the Chicago Red Star. So there's like this weird kind of like full circle thing. I was like, wow, I was like, that's kind of an interesting anecdote that just sort of, you know, that I was like, well, maybe I'll talk about that on a tagging third. Um, but just, just not a lot. You know, when we were on the preview. I was also thinking of that too, Lisa. I, I believe I was the angle that I was taking that if, if Gotham wanted to, to try to be successful in this one, that, that Lloyd probably needed to take a little bit more of a supporting role and I don't know if that was maybe um, that's just not in her, in her mentality and in her game set. She's, she's a gamer, right? Like that's her, that is her experience. That is who she is and what she does. Um, but uh, was really looking for her to sort of maybe be that supportive, supporting role kind of playmaker-esque type of uh, a person, a point person for for Gotham. Uh, and we didn't really see that. Uh, Ifyomana Manu really got in the mix really, really early. And then I thought maybe for a second, yeah. like, oh, like she is the one that is going to be tasked with that. Um or, or rather, I don't think that Gotham says, like, Anamanu, like, we need you to step up in this game because that's right. not really her type of player. No. It's more that she feels out the game and when she's on, when mm -hmm. she's on and she's in a rhythm, that's what it looks like. Like, Anamanu, you're going to go for it. You're the one that's going to yeah. put the team on your back. So I just did it at one point. Like, at one point, yeah. it was a great version of, like, like this great moment of, of Anamanu sort of getting a little bit of time in, in the box and making some decisions that she kind of put Sarah Gordon on some skates there uh, really, really early. And there was a little bit of a stumble that she took, but it, you know, I spoke to, to Sarah Gordon after the match in the post game. And I asked, I was like, not to make you relive, you know, a tough moment during the game, but she, but she left it off. You know, it's different when you're on the winning side of the thing, but she, she left it off. And she sort of said that she wasn't worried about it because she sort of felt, even though she had, there was a lapse there where she kind of got out of position that, and all of the studying, you know, and mm -hmm. taking a look at all the footage and the scouting and, and between her and Red Stars goalkeeper, Cassie Miller, that Anamanu, her only option at that point would have been to go far post. Yep. And that Gordon said that she was covered. She was like, she knew that that was going to be a difficult angle for Anamanu. So a little bit of confidence there from the Defender of the Year candidate. And I was like, wow, that's very, very impressive. That's doing your homework, you know. Um, so it was uh, not there was there was a lot left, I think, in terms of to be desired in terms of a playoff quarterfinal kind of like energy but that made up for it in the second half because things started happening it was a some of the physicality i think also led to a lot of the disjointedness in that first half we saw that kind of come to fruition in the terms of yellows cautions being handed out in that second half very early on sarah waldmo mm -hmm. getting you know getting getting recognized you know for a hard challenge and getting sort of pegged with the first yellow of of the match and they all just sort of came in succession after that i think it was like five or six yellow cautions that were issued just in the second half uh alone so it was i think again another moment of irony in which this this player um who maybe has been under the radar for some other people but came along uh, with mal Pugh in that initial early trade mm -hmm. in the offseason with uh gotham fc to bring these two players to the red stars and I just think that that's a, a bit of a, a full a full circle arc, right? That they made this trade for these two particular players, and you have Sarah Waldmo, 
playing yeah. a defensive role and sort of disrupting and breaking lines and winning the ball, a ball winner, getting this ball, feeding Mal Pugh, who just slots a ball, a beautiful goal away uh, past Kalen Sheridan for what ultimately was was the game winner. And you're you're correct, Lisa. It really, it did just come uh, come after uh, the hour mark there for for Chicago and um, Gotham. Absolutely, I think had opportunities to get in, into uh, into the match. Maybe you know prove my prediction right of possibly having extra time in this game, but it didn't it didn't pan out and have that and come to fruition because again when we talked in the preview we said. One of the things that Chicago's been really good at in terms of their more recent form as they go into the playoffs is the fact that they have been able to put up these kind of low low score lines and able to close it out with strong organized defensive performances. And we just saw another one of those again out of the yeah. Chicago Red Stars team. Four straight wins now for Chicago um, and not a lot of goals in this one as it was just one, but something that we talked about in our preview of this Chicago match, Sandra, um, I, I always like to stat check us and go back and see what did we predict? What of me main, mainly I like to call myself out. And this was a game when we did our preview, we weren't sure of the injury report and who was going to be out, who was going to be in. Amani Dorsey has been out for Gotham. She's a defender. Uh, she was a, a namestay in the, the back four lineup for Gotham throughout this season, but she had been out the last several games. Because of that, Elizabeth Eddy started in the left back position for Dorsey. Now, Amani Dorsey was back and she got the start for Gotham in the back line. Um, and, and I said she wasn't, so I'm calling myself out on this one. But I think that with Dorsey in that back line, she looked a little off. I'm, I'm going to say it. She did. She looked a little, I don't want to say rusty by any means, but just maybe a little overwhelmed at, at playing in Bridgeview and having to go against uh, the home crowd for Chicago um, and and not playing in the last few matches with this Gotham side, uh, almost just being thrown in there. And of course she wasn't because she trains and, and Scott Parkinson wouldn't have done that to her. But Elizabeth Eddy did come on for Amani Dorsey around the 75th minute or so, 77th minute, I, I forget. Um, but I, that's, I just think that's something that needs to be said. And I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but Mallory Pugh did score from uh that side of the field so we'll see yeah. i don't know i don't know no, it's, tough. It, it's tough you know amani dorsey had a very strong this is also us i guess sort of saying farewell right to this gotham yeah. fc side um so there's going to be a lot of that i think during these these playoff recaps when we do that we bid farewell to the to the teams who yes. are yeah, no longer longer <laughs> this is it but so i guess i'll just take this time to say that you know amani dorsey did she had a very strong first half of the yeah. season for this Gotham FC side. Absolutely. She really grew into that outside back uh, position for them. And uh, unfortunately down this latter stretch of the season had to deal with some very, uh, I guess what's considered now like ill-timed kind of injuries um, down the stretch. Um, and I believe it was head related. So when you're getting to that type of stuff, it can get, you know, it's a lot of unknowns there. It can get very scary at times. And uh, who knows how the training did look. Maybe it was certain type of level of participation. Um, but you have a player who had been had in that role and had that experience with the team for a large majority of it. So if they're ready to go come your playoff time, I imagine you say, you know, after what you see out of trainings that week, you say, yes, you are. And mm -hmm. you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think that that's an unfair point to bring up at all, because I mean, if you look at the highlight, you see where the goal <laughs> kind of came from and, and how, and how that, uh, 
uh, what's out there for 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 Gotham. You know, they ended up uh, going down. But uh, I don't I don't think that's an unfair point to to bring up at all. Um, you know, this is a Gotham side that I think is going to probably take a look at the season and maybe consider maybe the early exit. Obviously, a disappointment and a bit of a bummer. But I think there's a lot there for them to look forward to uh, in the future. I mean, they started off this season as is 2021 NWSL Challenge Cup finalist, you know, and pushing Portland Thorns to to a penalty kick shootout. Um, yeah. And this is a team that went through a rebrand and has sort of tried to push their way into the conversation of, of playoff uh, picture scenarios. And they did that. They accomplished that this year after going through so many of their own off-the-field things as well not just in this year, but in years prior mm-hmm. that we've heard about this franchise in the past in terms of, uh, you know, playing a uh, pitch and in, in field and training conditions or lack thereof. And now they're playing in Red Bull <laughs> arena, you know, now they have this rebrand. Now this is a place that they're building a winning soccer culture. And so that is an exciting thing to look ahead for, for this team. And and I don't think this is going to be the last that we see of this, this Gotham side. Unfortunately, it's just an early exit in this one. And for Chicago, uh, they're moving on. They're going to face off uh, against uh, against Portland. So we'll have more on that, obviously, when it comes time for us to take a preview of things. But uh, here is us bidding farewell to the 2021 New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC squad. You were a delight to cover from the jump. And Chicago Red Stars, we are still with you. And we will continue to witness your journey as well. When we come back from a quick break, we will go through Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We got one more to get through, Lisa. Are you ready? I'm very ready for this one. This this was a good match, Sandra. I'm pumped this, to talk about it with you. This was delightful. Number three, Washington Spirit. Third place taking on sixth place, North Carolina Courage. Washington Spirit win this one on another narrow scoreline for the quarterfinals. 1-0 over North Carolina in extra time with a goal from the 2021 Golden Boot winner, Ashley Hatch. At least I felt like this game had everything. That's the first time. This is the first time an NWSL playoff game has been scoreless after 90 minutes and uh, the teams had to go into extra time. Yes, Ashley Hatch did notch the game winner um, in the extra in the, in the overtime for this match, but this game had everything. We we talked about it a little bit before in our preview, Sandra. You, you hit the nail on the head. This was a goalkeeper 
match between Casey Murphy and Aubrey Bledsoe. We chatted with Aubrey Bledsoe because we knew she was going to need to come up big in this match against North Carolina Courage. Um, and that's exactly what it was. We In our preview, we discussed it. I gave some stats, especially about Ashley Hatch. She had scored a brace against North Carolina. Um, and and now she scores again in this one. I think it's also fitting. But I think the team, the teamwork for Washington Spirit is, is what I want to dive into a little bit with you, Sandra, and ask you about and pick your brain about. Because that's what I saw that was so fun from Washington. But this game... It was pretty back and forth. I'm going to say like for the the 90 minutes of regulation play, there was waves of momentum that each side took. But uh, there were times when I'd be watching and I'd be like, oh, North Carolina, they're going to get one. They're going to get one. And then, no, Bledsoe coming up big every time. And then Washington would go in these huge waves of attacking presence that happened. Um, I, I like this. Just because we're talking about the save, Aubrey Bledsoe ended with eight saves, Casey Murphy with 13. Holy cow. That's a lot of saves. That's a lot of saves. Usually it's like three or four, maybe, if that's a lot. If the goalkeeper is having a big, tough game, it's four. Eight for Bledsoe, 13 for Murphy of the Courage, um, who who ended up actually getting scored on. It, it was, uh, I just, <laughs> look. If I wasn't clear before, I guess I got to be clear now. I love defense, man. You're a former defender. Like, it just, I don't know. It's built it's different. It's so fun. It's a uh, defense wins, so uh, championships, right? Absolutely. Isn't there like 100%. a sign or a shirt or something that says 100%. that? 100%. When we were previewing this match and, you know, I brought up the goalkeepers and we got to wax poetic about them a little bit, you know, I was sincere in that. I meant that I was so excited to take a look at this match, to watch these two individuals put on a performance and they delivered way more than we could have, I think, anticipated in this one. It was such a delight. It was a joy, honestly, to, to see when it, I, I think like, I'm going to be real. Like, I really think that like our listeners here are going to get a little bit of like a, you know, some, some real like raw, like reaction to it mm-hmm. because I'm still sort of, thinking about that and that was actually my initial reaction sort of post you know conclusion of the extra time game I was just sort of sitting there with it and I was like I cannot believe what we all just witnessed in this quarterfinal because let's let's take it back maybe a little bit to the preview you know Lisa in which we were talking about those goalkeepers and the the lens in which we were also talking about it was the fact that these two teams were going head-to-head in this quarterfinal and they were two teams that I have to had had to deal with a lot of off the field issues, mm-hmm. and now these were the these were the two teams that were going to be facing off against each other in the quarterfinal. And you know we we had this time and space with an Aubrey Bledsoe on the podcast. We had some time and space, you know, with Lynn Williams on the podcast ahead of previewing this game, and they both echoed those sentiments that it was an incredibly difficult season, particularly in the later half of the season for these two clubs. And it has really just sort of, it was really sort of thrown upon these teams. I mean, you have with the Washington spirit and, and, and all of the off field sort of, you know, interfighting and turmoil between the ownership there that directly impacts the team. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of had, then they had a, 
a really rough September and, and, you know, had to deal with a COVID outbreak, had to forfeit two games. Right. And you have North Carolina courage with the termination of their former coach, you know, based on the reporting and, and, and allegations that, that finally came to light of sexual coercion and misconduct from former players stemming back to 2015. So it's, it was these, very unreal, wild, unpredictable mm-hmm. scenarios that were thrust upon these players. And then Aubrey Bledsoe and Casey Murphy went out and did that. It is like incredible to me. Talk it about putting incredible. the team on your back and saying, I have a job to do and I'm going to give it my all and do it to the fullest and not let anything knock me down. Like, well, get knocked down seven times, stand up eight. These these women knocked down eight saves, 13 saves. That is fantastic. All while then immediately getting the ball and starting the transition, which is we talked about it in the Chicago Gotham re, uh, recap that we just did, that those teams were similar and it became a bit of a boring match. North Carolina and Washington are a little similar in that they go, they go to goal. They're, they're quick and they're creative in their attack and they have those moments, which made it a fun game to see these two squads going back and forth in, in what they had. Um, and because of that, some other stats that happened. So total shots in this match. So this is including like block shots, shots off target, anything like that. North Carolina Courage, total shots, full-time 21 Washington spirit 33 they were active cow so eight on target for the courage and 13 on target for Washington spirit so this is a very active uh, match between these two sides um I think I, I need to give a shout out to Trinity Rodman because um, there are so many moments where I just watch her on, on the pitch and on my screen at this point uh, when the ball is happening elsewhere, just to see what she does. Because a young, as a young player, that's in those moments, that's when they're learning the most. When they're watching their opponents maybe play uh, attacking measures against their teammates that are defenders. Um she never stops moving and she never stops thinking and working. There, there was even a moment towards the end of regulation, end of the 90 minutes, um, that she just looked exhausted. And she she had missed the ball and it was now North Carolina looking to build out the attack. And you saw her. She like looked left. She looked right. And she just put her head down and she sprinted. And she got back behind the ball and she won it. She won the ball. And then she played it to her teammates and she kept possession and then, and then moved down the pitch. Uh, she made a final run to try to get the ball. And and she just stopped. She put her hands on her knees and she was gasping and heaving for air. But those are the moments where she's like, I know I have a minute or so left of regulation and I'm going to do everything I can to defend. It's not like I'm going to do everything I can to get on the end of the ball, get this shot off, score the game winning goal. She was going to do everything she could just to defend and help her team win back the ball. And those moments are so bright for the future for, for Trinity Rodman. And her future is not over. Her season's not over yet, um, which she had the initial shot. Yeah. Ended up being the goal for Hatch. It was a beautiful, beautiful shot by Rodman. It ends up being a great save by Casey Murphy. But Ashley Hatch, this time around, she was able to jump on it. Murphy couldn't grab the ball completely, and, and it bounced just out a foot or so from her and Ashley Hatch staying on her toes, losing Abby Ursig defender uh, to get away from her and then finding the back of the net on the goal. I think it was kind of fitting how it happened. Yep. Um, it, it was that it was a great save. It was a great initial yep. save. And then Hatch golden boot winner just 
notching it away. Yeah, it was, it, I think it just sort of, <laughs> it just sort of echoed a little bit of what the spirit can do to teams mm-hmm. on the attack. I think it was also a really good glimpse for us who watch and cover the game and cover the league to sort of take a, like a closer look at, at somebody like a Trinity Rodman and sort of see what they can bring in these type of scenarios and these extra time scenarios, you know, and, and how they perform under those very big bright lights or those high pressure moments. And again, we talked about that a little bit on the preview. Like is, is the moment going to be too big for, for all of these players who are sort of getting this first time playoff experience. And that's not just, Trinity Rodman, you know, like Mallory Pugh scored in her very first playoff appearance. And and people, I think, maybe forgot about that. You know, Khalil Watt played in her first playoff. And she's an eight-year veteran of this league. And Mm -hmm. this was her first playoff experience, uh, you know, after a regular season ever uh, since since her arrival to the league. So there were a lot of delightful moments during this weekend. And I think that's a big one to sort of see – uh, her kind of have this relentless engine mm-hmm. and still find a way to have that energy to sort of carry a dribble into the box and create a little bit of space to take a really good shot and against a really good goalkeeper, like forcing a six foot one goalkeeper down to the ground is probably what's going to get it done. I think I remember in, in, in writing up the previews of, of these matches, I, kind of put that as like a key of the match that if the spirit were able to frequently like you got to keep these goalkeepers honest because they were they were good we both knew that they were good so if they could frequently pepper the shots while also sort of forcing that the big frame of Casey Murphy low that maybe something can happen and it was just so great to watch Rodman just sort of recognize the scenario to, to take that shot sharp and strong and low and it just was it was just the one, and that's tough for somebody. If you're if you're if you're the Casey Murphy in that moment, yeah, that's tough, right? That is tough because she stopped that shot. Yeah. She stopped it, right? And then the second chance, it's so rough came from, and, and, from Hatch, you know. So it's, she, it's tough. It, Murphy looked really defeated after she's on the ground. She makes oh an incredible God. save, and then she's trying to get back up and make the second save, and her body collapses to the so ground incredible. after the ball hits the back of the net. And even on the replays, I was like, stop showing me her face. It's so sad. To it's see. so relatable, though. Like, haven't we all been there after, like, a hard day at work? <laughs> yeah, it's like you just keep getting knocked down, and you can't even stand back up before you get knocked down again. And that's literally what happened to Casey Murphy, and her face was just like, what could I have done there? And there was really nothing she could have done besides make the initial save and and hold on to it, not let that one bobble. But out of 13 saves, like there's one that got away that that they couldn't put in. Um, and also you have to, I think you have to point an eye out because we we love to call out defenders for all their great work. Abby Ersig lost her def- oh, lost man. her mark. She did not keep an eye on Ashley Hatch and turned around and Hatch was wide open waiting for the ball. And and maybe Ersig was like. Casey Murphy makes all the saves and she's hey. fantastic. So I don't need to stay with my mark, but never say never. And, and in those moments, things like that happen. Um, but it, it's, it was a good win from Washington spirit. And we did both have Washington winning this one um, and, and moving on advancing to the semifinals. And that is, that's what we got. Yeah, it was a great game. It was a delight to, to watch and to cover and to, to chat about, uh, 
here here with you. Uh, you know, the the elimination of the North Carolina Courage, you know, means that there will be a new NWSL champion uh, mm-hmm. at the end of 2021. This is a team that had a very long and, and winning history. Uh, a lot of those players that were eliminated tonight were a part of championship winning teams. And uh, that's not going to be the case in 2021. There will be a new champion that will be crowned with their departure. Uh, interim head coach um, Sean Nahas sort of speaking to that a little bit, how how the team sort of never really looked like the North Carolina Courage. Uh, mm-hmm. this year, but he felt that in the latter stages of the season and particularly to the, the, the match that took place on Sunday night, that that was the courage uh, that, that he has known for a very long time and uh, that he was very proud of the team uh, for sort of the performance that they were able to put together because they didn't, you know, it's not like they went out there and got blown out, you know, as the lower mm-hmm. seed or anything, but they lost on a very narrow scar line in extra time. Right. Uh, and that he believes that the courage will be back, of course. Uh, so uh, farewell to, to the courage again, like we did to, to for Gotham FC. We're going to do the same here for for the courage. We will see what 2022 holds uh, for them in the future. But for now, in the present, this means Washington spirit will be on the road to face O.L. Rain in Washington and Tacoma, Washington. It's going to be number two versus number three again. Let's hit you all with the plugs. Number two versus number three. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network when you want to watch the rain and the spirit. Portland Thorns will be hosting Chicago Red Stars. It's going to be number one taking on number four. That's also going to be on CBS Sports Network. The championship game will be on November 20th at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky at 12 noon Eastern time. That will air on CBS and internationally on Twitch. You can get your tickets at nwslsoccer.com slash championship. I cannot wait, Lisa, for you and I to cover semifinals because if they're anything like the quarterfinals, they're going to be nice. (laughs) It will be exciting and, and we have good teams to cover. And now that OL Rain and Portland are, are back in the conversations a little bit after their bye week, their neck, their nice relaxing uh, bye week to prepare for the semifinals. I'm excited. We have a very big week planned for everyone ahead. So stay tuned to Attacking Third and all we have coming at you because it's a lot. We are nonstop here. If you enjoyed our quarterfinal coverage leading up to the matches, you will definitely enjoy what we have planned and in store for you all for the semifinal coverage. I want to thank you all for listening. Stay tuned. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. We are also available as videos so you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we will be back on Wednesday with more playoff buildup for the semifinals coming up on Sunday, November the 14th. Oil Rain versus Washington Spirit, Portland versus Chicago. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the second. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!